February 25th, 1836. Samuel Colt gets the patent for the Colt revolver. Upon hearing the news, his reaction is, it makes me feel big. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a very special treat for you on this episode. Everyone, sorry, I am half a beer in and I had blood drawn this morning, so maybe I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> um, but we have a quintuple threat on the show for you uh, tonight. He's like, like that show Quince. I, what? Sure. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it starred Andy Richter as five oh, oh, that's siblings. Right. I thought you said Quince, like the fruit. Yeah, or... Like the character from Midsummer Night's Dream, a shirt I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's also a play. It's not just a shirt you're wearing. Mm, I think it's mostly known for being that shirt. <laughs> of course. Oh, God damn it. Quintuple Thread. He's a comedian. <laughs> he is a dancer. He is, he is a trivia master. He is a rapper and he is a teacher uh adam fideski everyone yeah i do so many things <laughs> thank you for being here glad to be here uh so if you guys are new to the revisionist this is a podcast where uh three folks just average ordinary people like you get together and we rap about history yeah. and one person <laughs> Gives the true verse of history, and the other person freestyles an alternate story. I like the theme of this already. I have handed over the reins so quickly (laughs) and so lightly. And the freestyle alternate can be crazy wackadoo and untrue, and... um, then at the end, the third person votes on which one becomes the actual history going forward. Last time we talked about... Catherine the Great of Russia, and the alternate history one in which Catherine the Great had magical powers and established both a Hogwarts and Professor X-like school. <laughs> it's and, your history. Don't look at me. <laughs> and she was fighting uh, a horrible demon uh, that was one of the Ivans that she seceded, but was also a demon. And... That's how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, this episode, we are talking about uh, Tsar Nicholas II, also of Russia. I'll be doing the true history. Adam, you'll be doing the alternate. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I wrote a full rap for it. (laughs) It's 15 minutes. We have been lightly implying guests should deliver their histories real or alternate in the form of a rap since the first episode, and no one has caught on yet. (laughs) Not at all. We're waiting for Lin-Manuel Miranda's appearance. This is going to be like the Hamilton for Tsar Nicholas II. Um, Tsar Nicholas II was born in 1868, son of Alexander III, Maternal grandson of the king and queen of Denmark, nephew to the king of Greece uh, and queen Alexandria of England, cousin to King George V of England, the king and queen of Norway, another king of Greece, and Kaiser Wilhelm II. That's pretty well connected. <laughs> like only like only two people were ever fucking during these days, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were all family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his family called him Nicholas the Short, um, or Short Nick, probably, colloquially. Little sure. Nicky. Uh, yeah, Short Nick, that, that topical, <laughs> that blockbuster. I feel like Short Nick is like what they call Santa in England. <laughs> oh, Short Nick, governor, <laughs> hopping down your chimbley. Let's go, to, let's go to sleep early, kids. Short Nick's coming by tonight. <laughs> Bring you some treacle. <laughs> 
Oh, you played the treacle. That's the only thing. Short Nick, uh, when he was a child, witnessed the assassination of his grandpa, uh, which who among us can say that? Um, and he was the target of an assassination attempt while visiting J- Japan, uh, which we will see becomes part of a trend with him. Mm. Uh, his father failed to prepare him to take the throne uh, or teach him important state functions because his father was only in his 40s and was like, I have plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then in grand Russian tradition, he died. Uh, and Nicholas became czar in 1894. I feel like they say that like in America, occasionally they're like, oh, 40 is the new 20. But I feel like eternally in Russia, 40 is the new 90. <laughs> yeah, 40, 40 is the new dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, he becomes czar at age 26. And he holds his coronation event at a place called Kadinka Field. Uh, and several hundred thousand people gather there. And they were each to be given a gift of a roll, a sausage, a pretzel, and a commemorative cup. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's a like, party bag. It's such it's it's a Russian yeah. party. It's a Russian fruit <laughs> basket, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> uh, but over the course of the morning, uh, a rumor spread through the crowd that there wasn't enough pretzels and, and beer you, to go around. And that you shouldn't take the brown acid. Yeah, <laughs> but mainly about the pretzels and beer. Uh, and that also that each commemorative cup had a gold coin inside of it. Uh, and this caused a stampede which killed about 1,400 people. Oh, yeah, naturally. Well, when people yeah. aren't going to get their pretzels, they get angry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, makes, it, it makes the cover of, like, Russian Ways to Die magazine. <laughs> I hope that the story's all focused on the pretzel aspect. <laughs> <laughs> pretzel fever kills 1,400. <laughs> soft or hard? Which one would you rather die for? <laughs> the pretzels were soft, but their boots were hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Walter Cronkite. <laughs> The night after the stampede, uh, Nicholas II goes to a party in his honor, hosted by the ambassador of France. Uh, he didn't want to go, but a lot of his advisors were like, it'll probably look worse if you don't. Um, so he goes to the party. What? Really? Yeah. Like after the stampede massacre? Yeah. Like they... you really want to show people that you're chill and fun to hang with. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, he just wanted to be an approachable guy. He's like, yeah, 1,400 people, but I got a party. I don't want people to think I'm uptight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Wear one of those black armbands and then some Kanye West glasses. Yeah, he changed his picture to a filter. It was just a picture of a pretzel over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, basically, things start going downhill from there, and a lot of oh, the, so that's with the good part. Yeah, that was like that was the <laughs> that's when he that's was the doing highlight that. reel. <laughs> um, and the way I think about like Nicholas is, there's a lot that happens that is out of his control, but he does not help things. For centuries, Russia has been expanding into the Far East, and this basically sets up a conflict with Japan, uh, which Japan launches a sneak attack on a Russian port. The Russians have to move like all of their troops and their other navy and their supplies from St. Petersburg all the way to the front with Japan, which is almost the same distance as St. Petersburg to St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> uh, just to just to conceptualize that a little bit. So he's not like good at geography. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a long it's a it's a long fucking day. Um, Nick and Nicholas 
in the grand tradition of wars of the late 19th, early 20th century, believed it would be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, partially because he believed the Japanese were racially inferior, but also because Russia had a very, very large army. But it, they they get their ass kicked, mainly because they are very, very poorly supplied. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, pogroms against the Jewish population in Russia have been happening for years. And Nicholas publicly condemns anti-Semitism. And, I mean, based on the face you're making when you say he publicly condemns it, it looks like you're about to wink. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, but, uh, <laughs> was I not winking? I was trying to. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard. Um, he... Yeah, so yeah, he publicly condemns anti-Semitism, but privately, he views it as a way to get people on his side about something. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, not he's, analogous to anything. He's against uh, anti-Semitism the same way, like, Donald Trump denounces anti-Semitism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to start laughing, but then I remember that that's true. And yeah, right. It's like, it's not so much a joke as... As it is a very close parallel. Yeah. <laughs> as the story we tell ourselves around the fire in the wastelands. But again, <laughs> at the very least, very slimmest silver lining provides the setting for classic film uh, Fiddler on the Roof. And <laughs> yes. play. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> the, the thinnest of silver linings. <laughs> Which that is play is also... Very depressing. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Like, it's a classic, but still. Uh, it's like saying... It's like saying the silver lining is we got the movie Dear Zachary out of all this. You know? <laughs> so, 1905, generations of workers were discontent with horrific conditions and royal war and royal waste. Uh, so they lead a massive demonstration in St. Petersburg. Workers and peasants gather to deliver a petition to Nicholas, who has left the city the night before. Uh, some of his family was like, no, you should stay. It'll look better. But other people were like, no, you need to leave town. Well, the advice he got about the party, I'm going to say, these advisors are not at the top of yeah. their game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like we learn from our past mistakes. Maybe, maybe deal with the peasants like they're people, or, <laughs> or maybe not like they're continuously farting dogs or something like that. <laughs> um, so the crowds gather, uh, and at different points around the city, troops open fire on the crowd. Uh, estimates of the dead range from ninety-two to four thousand. Um, in grand Russian tradition, um, um, and actually in his, in his journal, uh, his journal entry for that day, the first words Nicholas uses to describe it are difficult day, <laughs> so, which I'm just like, God damn it. You're not making it easier to, to find it in with you, Nicholas. Um, but this is what's known as the bloody Sunday massacre in Russia. There's. Many other Bloody Sundays. Different ones. It's yeah. not the U2 one. No. <laughs> no. Or the, you know, civil rights one. No, not that one either. Or the Irish one. Yeah, that's the U2 one, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, the, I mean, like the actual one that happened. Yeah. So, so Bloody Sunday is one of the uh, one of the causes of the revolution of 1905. Includes a lot of guerrilla tactics, bombings, assassinations. Uh, his One of his advisors, uh, Witte, presses Nicholas to sign the October Manifesto, pushing for reforms and a parliament and all that. 
Nicholas refuses and then tries to get his uncle, Nicholas, also, uh, presumably tall Nicholas, uh, tries to get tall yeah, Nicholas. Yeah, that's, that's what they call Santa in German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uber Nicholas. Yeah. Um, Uber Nicholas. <laughs> he tries to get his uncle to take over as military dictator. And Uncle Nick um, put a gun to his head and threatened to kill himself if the Tsar did not sign the manifesto. Um, Strong bargaining tactic. Just like, <laughs> I don't want this job. Like, don't do this to me. So at the end of the 1905 revolution, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Carnival Barker, Weight Guesser, and all-around off-putting guy Rasputin is introduced right, right. to the royal family. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person I completely forgot was involved in this story until very earlier this morning. Um <laughs> And Rasputin gained influence over Alexandria, as we have discussed, and uh, mainly because he kept the children from dying. Um, and Nicholas is trying to deal with the new parliament, uh, or the Duma. Although, if I remember correctly, Anastasia bullied him relentlessly. Yeah, probably. I think so. <laughs> that, was a, that episode was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a it. Look. Uh, Nicholas kept uh, dismissing the different Duma until he got a more conservative one that he felt like he could work with. Uh, but other people had a really hard time working with him because he was very fatalist. Uh, he refused to like even sign certain laws saying, like, I'll just leave it in God's hands. <laughs> That's not <laughs> how the law works. Um, and speaking of just like leaving things to fate, Britain and Russia had a pre-existing alliance with France. Hmm. And then around this time, Russia and England signed the Anglo-Russian Convention, which this basically tied... Britain, France, and Russia together in what was called the Triple Entente. Nicholas also saw himself as the protector of Serbia because they were also Slavic people. This would have all worked out great. Right. What could possibly <laughs> happen <laughs> around the 1910s? Yeah. Uh, of course, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria is assassinated. Austria declares war on Serbia. Nicholas, his advisors are like, you don't have to defend Serbia just because they're the same ethnicity as you. This Because if you do, this will cause a war with Germany. Uh, and Nicholas is like, mm, I'll protect Serbia. So, of course, finally makes a decision. And- yeah, basically. <laughs> Real growth in the, the usefulness of the advisors of yeah, this story. Right. Yeah. Really, this is their story. <laughs> right. <laughs> story of the advisors. Where's their movie? Of course, the, the one time he, the two times he doesn't listen to them are the times <laughs> where it probably would have helped the most. So basically, World War I happens. Um, and World War I is something we will get into on its own. Uh, so I don't want to dig into it too much plenty to talk about yes uh but suffice it to say uh russia is hit very very hard by world war one uh they lose a million people in the first year in a battle in the first year i believe actually um and rough start yeah basically bad day <laughs> yeah difficult day yeah, 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 yeah difficult day <laughs> Uh, he also leaves a note to himself in his diary that's like, check on mulligans? Yeah. <laughs> I sincerely hope that this ends with his last words being, difficult day. <laughs> I will get to his last words. Um, so this pushes the discontent in Russia past the breaking point. They're spending so much on the war. People are dying. And so many people, not just in Russia, but around Europe, viewed it as a rich man's war. 
Uh, so the revolution of 1917 happens, which yeah. is the subject of a future episode. And I figure, I mean, I don't know if you've ever read anything by Tolstoy or Dostoevsky, but those were written about 50 years before this. Mm-hmm. And if that was an acceptable level of depressing, yeah. this must have been pretty fucking bad. Yeah. This, was a, mm, this is too much. We, um, so Nicholas is at the front. He's basically he's serving as commander in chief. Uh, but he's basically just there to, like, review troops and, like, boost morale, uh, which does not work. So many of his battalions mutiny. Um, but he doesn't realize the extent of what's happening in Moscow and St. Petersburg until it's too late. Uh, and he also d- didn't necessarily realize how much the Russian people, when they are inflamed uh, to enter into a war against Germany, hate the fact that Nicholas has a German wife. Mm. So and is again cousins to Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, exactly. He was also pretty much German. Yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> he was more German than he was Russian. Uh, yeah. His last Russian, almost entirely. Yeah, his <laughs> last Russian relative was a descent, like a child of Catherine the Great in the 1700s. So that's just showing you the separation. Um, he he abdicates for himself and for his son. Uh, and he wanted to go into exile in Britain or France, but no European country would take him because they felt like taking him would inflame the socialists in their country and lead to their own revolutions. Uh, so he and his family are imprisoned in a house in the Urals. Mm. And around midnight on July 17th, 1918, Nicholas, his wife, and their five kids are taken to the basement. Uh, they are presented with a firing squad. Um, presented with the top like, <laughs> Guess what we got to do? Surprise! Looks like short Nick King! <laughs> um, the leader of the squad reads out the execution order for the family, and Nicholas turns to the executioners and says, What? And is shot. <laughs> Basically, those are, his last words are, I got it right, his last words are, What? What? <laughs> so, twice. <laughs> um, the anecdote that is given is that three of his daughters, uh, Anastasia being the most famous, but I believe uh, Olga and Maria also, uh, survived the initial round of gunfire because they had so many diamonds and jewels sewn into their clothes. That's um, gangsters, fuck. Yeah, we, that is pretty gangster. <laughs> of course, they were then bayoneted to death, but that also has a tinge of Soviet propaganda to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Grain of salt with that. But that's the story of Tsar Nicholas II, or a very short summation of a lot of the things that he failed to handle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of also rumors that Anastasia went on and lived for a long time, but mm-hmm. uh, I think not that long ago, they proved emphatically that the corpse, that, that her body was in fact with her family's. I believe so. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't look that up. Um, I think a couple of years ago, they like used mm-hmm. modern science. <laughs> to determine that yeah, yeah instead of just like casting chicken bones right, right. <laughs> uh adam if you're ready with the alternate yeah all right so uh yeah uh pretty interesting life that czar nicholas had uh in reality but uh i read things a little bit differently uh 
And uh, <laughs> the question is, can I do a 10-minute rap about Tsar Nicholas? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a beat? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't plan for that. Come on, uh, white guys. Give uh, me a beat. Yeah, just keep doing ah. That'll work. All right. Well, I'll, I'll loop it. <laughs> Brian already jumped on this grenade, so I'm just going to let him roll with it. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll, just, I'll freestyle talk, I guess. Uh, so... <laughs> So yeah, he, as you said, last emperor of Russia is kind of his claim to fame. Um, and uh, from the get-go, Tsar Nicholas so is that saying, he could swallow eight pool balls at once. Yes. Well, it's one of his little-known facts. He got into a lot of party tricks, which I will get to in just a little bit in his early 20s. Um, so, yeah, he was uh, the oldest of Alexander III's children. Um, and he was, you know, viewed as completely incapable of doing anything. Uh his first words when his brother Alexander the Fourth was born the next year was like, "Hell yeah, I don't have to be czar." And then, <laughs> and then classic Russian baby move: Alex dies the next year uh, before he even turns one. Russian babies. <laughs> that is a Russian baby prank. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, so he went back to being like, "Oh, I might have to be czar." And uh, he, he was he was a classic. I'm just, I'm sorry, I just pictured Ashton Kutcher killing Russian babies. <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah sorry it was, it was a predecessor to punk so that yeah. was occurring <laughs> but it was a little more diabolical yeah, I, at that I mean, time. he'd be like come up to families and be like your baby's dead and then they'd be like all upset and he'd be like you've been punked but really but actually your baby is dead we didn't kill him he just died of natural causes at age 10 months <laughs> the trick was investing in it <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah so he was a classic born loser uh he had no friends he just you know he's the kind of kid who picked his nose in class licked the walls uh, his best friend was an imaginary kid named Vladimir. Uh, and uh, and around when uh, his grandpa, uh, Alexander II, Wait, got... Sorry, did you say licked the walls? Yeah, yeah, he was a total wall licker. <laughs> is that... Oh, that is sounds... That, is that not a thing you, everyone knows? I, I totally did Vaguely like walls. an offensive slave term for some kind of sexual preference, but I'm not sure which one. Uh, it's just literally... Yeah, the, it's a sexual preference for walls. <laughs> for drywall. Yes, exactly. Um, you guys didn't have the kid who licked walls in your school? If you didn't have that kid, you were that kid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a kid who felt more comfortable being near a wall and licking it than interacting with the other kids. He was socially inept. Uh, (laughs) What I'm getting at. So, uh, yeah, and uh, around when his his grandpa, Alex II, got assassinated, he was 13 years old, and uh, that's when he got into vodka. Uh, started really getting into drinking a so, lot. Uh, as Russians would call it, a late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was a late bloomer, but, uh, you know, kind of a sheltered childhood between licking the walls and not having friends. Uh, so, yeah, so he discovered vodka and was basically just like, I am just going to keep drinking. I'm Because he realized that he was most likely one generation away from being czar. And he's like, hell no, I am not qualified for this. I don't want to be this. Uh, so he's just perpetually getting drunk. You know, hitting up the parties and uh, doing tricks such as swallowing pool balls, <laughs> as, as was aforementioned. Uh, he was he was definitely a bit of a party animal, kind of like to uh, cut loose and, uh, you know, drink mostly by himself because, again, didn't really have friends, but would occasionally go to parties <laughs> and perform tricks. Uh, yeah, you just <laughs> pour it on a wall and try to lick it off. <laughs> he never really outgrew the wall licking. <laughs> that was the thing that followed him. That, that's and why that portrait of him pressed up against a wall yeah. in the Kremlin. You know, yeah. when I turned my head back just now to Brian, I noticed him kind of looking <laughs> con- contemplatively like, at the wall. What am I missing? <laughs> there is there is way too much lead paint in this apartment for me to consider that. That's a possibility. 
Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. So he's just getting drunk a lot, you know, and uh, the 1890s roll around and lo and behold, his dad starts dying in his forties. He's like, ah, shit. You know, he's 26 perpetual drunk. He did his best to try and not be considered to be czar, but, uh, lo and behold, he was the only one. Uh, who was of uh, adult age at that time. So, he tried uh, to weekend at Bernie's his dad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe we can just pretend. Uh, and, you know, Alexander III, he did his best. He tried to pump out a bunch of kids, trying to find anyone who would be better than Nikki II. But, uh, you know. Nikki II. Nikki II. Nick Jr., as uh, <laughs> he's also referred to. Uh, he had lots of nicknames. Uh, <laughs> of course uh, he began began rapping um, during his you know come ups uh, in his vodka blackout stages at the parties uh, so anyway he's super pissed that his dad's dying and he's making him ascend <laughs> to the throne he's like damn it this is some bullshit so uh, he decides he's like you know what I'm gonna be the best emperor by being the last and so he uh, just That's, decides mm. <laughs> <laughs> A little problem with the logic there. Well, yeah, you I'm know, not sure well, I agree with your police work, Lou. Well, he was drunk a lot. <laughs> I mean, this yeah, logic, this logic doesn't have to be unassailable. The character. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's unprepared, and he just decides, like, I'm gonna wing it. That's his whole approach to all of being a czar and emperor. So he's like, vodka's just gonna make decisions for me, mm. and uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the whole coronation. Uh, what really happened there was uh, these people, yeah, people did die. Uh, <laughs> it was like not great, but uh, <laughs> but he's not like our first choice. Well, to be fair, it's not really a Russian invent unless a hundred or so people die at least. <laughs> exactly. And so he tried to play off of that, like, what's more Russian than people dying? And uh, so he tried to distract everyone by, in addition to the party favors, he handed out shooters of vodka uh, to all of the attendees, trying to, you know, help them remember the good times that were happening. Uh, and uh, shortly after this coronation, he released his uh, first hit single, uh, which was called Ain't No Party Like a Kadinka Party. Uh, <laughs> uh, it really took off. And the people were like, you know what? This guy's a pretty solid czar overall. <laughs> and they, yeah, he just kind of coasted on the success yeah. of that single. And uh, mm. he, he, he started going uh, what you might call straight Kanye. Uh, he, he just kind of got wrapped up in his own uh, success from that. Rap I mean, single. to be fair, he is the Russian emperor. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. He was the voice of a generation. Started uh, calling himself Zarzis. Does that work? <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like Zarzis. Yeah. Okay. Zarzis. <laughs> I didn't come up with Jesus. enough nicknames. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick, so, Nicholas. No, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. So he, he coasted on this delusion. And, uh, and then eventually he's like, you know what? We're going to take on Japan. Everybody beats Japan. I got this. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> uh, and it's common, again, common eight, uh, 1800s saying everybody beats Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Japan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they, were the, they were the Charlie Brown of countries. <laughs> they really were. And so, you know, he figures what's the worst that could happen. Uh, starts talking shit on Japan. And uh, he drops a diss track called Japan Ain't a Thing. 
And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, he <laughs> drops that, goes on tour again, and uh, whoops a daisy, Japan attacks Russia and beats Oh, him. I thought he was going to go on tour in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was planning, yeah, some, he was some dates Japan. out there. But uh, lo and behold, uh, they beat him. And that led to his uh, new catchphrase, which was, my bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took off everywhere. <laughs> People really attached onto that. That yeah, was that one was of the most... The coins. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, but life is a czar, definitely hard in him. And, uh, so he's like, you know what? Uh, you guys can't handle this. I'm gonna start killing Russians who are tripping. So as you mentioned, bloody Sunday, people, <laughs> people were trying to step to him and he wasn't having it. So, uh, he, he wanted to, uh, you know, establish his rapport. And, uh, yeah, when he started killing the old Russians, they started calling him Nicholas the Bloody. Uh, and it really went to his head. It got a little got a little weird. He started uh, smearing blood all over his face during public appearances. Oh, a little uh, weird. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> really was trying to get into the, uh, the zone. Again, this is before rap really took off. Uh, mm. So he was just trying to the make a pioneer. It. Yeah, of course. He was a pioneer, absolutely, <laughs> of the game. And, of and, course, uh, really, it was co-opted from him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was going to say, this is like that part in Back to the Future where <laughs> Marty McFly kind of creates rock and roll <laughs> and just steals <laughs> it. Exactly. It's a very, very similar. He went so hard um, between like smearing the blood on his face that everyone was like, whoa, rap music's too much. And they outlawed it until the 1980s. Um, so, but, <laughs> but not until his reign was over. So after this, um, Nick meets up with this guy, Rasputin, uh, who moved to St. Petersburg with the intentions of becoming his hype man. And so uh, Rasputin was kind of to uh, Nick second what uh, like Puff Daddy was to Biggie, um, you know. And uh, for those of you not familiar, like he was definitely Rasputin, super into the Russian queen, uh, was kind of kind of a conflict of interest, uh, much in the same way P. Diddy was way into Faith Evans. And um, for those of you not familiar uh, with the Notorious B.I.G., that was his lover before the death okay uh so i note into rap history uh song i'll be missing you um anyway <laughs> um so yeah so so nick keeps going on this tear he's killing peeps he's got rasputin as his hype man and uh the first world war comes around and uh you know, Nick's still on his uh, reign of delusion. He's like, y'all want to step to this? We got millions of people ready to mess you up. And the Russians are like, no, stop. <laughs> we just want to, we want food. <laughs> yeah. Like they wanted to eat and he wanted to prove that he was, again, the voice of a generation, not just to the Russians, but to the entire world. No, we're more into Kendrick now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And like people were like not super into what he was doing. Uh, and uh, they, you know, started doing chants like down with the war, down with the czar, um, which, you know, was <laughs> kind of like a contradiction. Like he just wanted to become, you know, the cool guy who <laughs> everyone respected. Uh, and the opposite happened uh, entirely. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, so he kind of goes through, um, realizes he's like, you know what? These Russians ain't shit and decides he's like, you know what? It's up to me. I'm leaving this. He tries to walk away from the whole thing, like this abdication. Like, no, he he left on his own terms. <laughs> oh, okay, it was like it was a retirement. It was like right. it was Dre, basically. Exactly. He's like, I don't need to make any more singles, <laughs> and uh, and so the Russian people, uh, obviously not 
super into that move. Uh, but then he was like, I'm just going to Tupac this and uh, decided he was <laughs> <Get> shot. <laughs> and, and people like went after him. But then like he kept releasing singles uh, into the 1940s, uh, which oh. was <laughs> pretty legit. Uh, he actually is responsible for the Second World War. Uh, <laughs> I mean, from, that's a this is a grave reinterpretation of the causes of the Second World War. Yeah. Yes, this could become a problem for us later. <laughs> you might say there's some uh, discontinuity with the story, uh, <laughs> and I might say that this is uh, the alternate history, so it doesn't have to all be <laughs> scientifically historically accurate. I did partially choose the alternate history because it's easier to make up facts than it is to uh, recite them. I didn't exactly. Ain't it ever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, he, he goes into hiding for a little while and, uh, you know, continues releasing albums. People are like, is he dead? Is he not dead? Uh, and uh, then turns out that, uh, yeah, his whole family definitely got executed. I was going to say, oh, this story does lend some hope for like the Anastasia fair. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, you know, they tried to cover that up for a while, um, you know, his, but especially because Rasputin also killed, uh, there was, he didn't really have a lot of people helping to propagate his uh, legacy, but he did continue releasing albums and uh, overall was, uh, yeah, he was uh, canonized as a saint because of all of his dope rap music. Mm, wow. Like St. Pablo, <laughs> almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most revered uh leaders indeed the last emperor because you couldn't top him <laughs> <laughs> of course well we have to invent communism <laughs> we're not invent com- but whatever um zach you're judging for this episode sure um so i guess in this case uh it's sort of my bad versus difficult day <laughs> um Difficult day is something I do very much enjoy. <laughs> the alternate, I feel like, mm, for the most part, is is um, flexible with the real because it's basically the same story, but he's also a rapper. <laughs> and um, and he licks walls and shit. So it's just the same. But, but um, I was a little worried about the cultural appropriation of Tsar Nicholas II creating rap. But then I remembered... <laughs> I think we kind of already established that Cleopatra created hip hop music. Did, oh, maybe we did. Okay. So that's episode three. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe that's not a problem. Maybe he's just, you know, stealing his influences like, you know, Eminem. He's the Eminem of this <laughs> world. Of um, this world. <laughs> so wait, does this alternate history establish there is no Marshall Mathers? <laughs> uh, um, I didn't say that. Um, so. You know what? Yeah, I'll just go with the alternate because I feel like uh, we get the basic bones of the story of uh, Tsar Nicholas II, but with just a little extra juice. <laughs> a little more fun delusion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Adam, thank you. Uh, listeners, as always, we ask if you have time and the inclination, please review and rate the podcast on iTunes. That's yes, super helpful to particularly us. Particularly review. That is the most helpful thing. Yes, indeedy. Find us on the social meds, uh, Facebook. Nope. <laughs> I thought I would try it. Tsar Nicholas II would have approved. <laughs> well, that's not that's not like an endorsement. <laughs> uh, the social media institutions: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can support the show over on Patreon. 
Uh, check out our different reward options. We still have the t-shirts uh, that Jeff Tice designed that are awesome. And you can hop on over to the website, revisionistpodcast.com, for news and leave us a comment, ask us a question, and all that. Uh, before we leave, Adam, you uh, you host trivia Mondays and Wednesdays at different places, right? Mondays is Prohibition. Indeed. Uh, yeah, so I host for Geeks Who Drink, who uh, will not allow me to call it trivia. It's a pub quiz. Um, that is, I, I'm a quiz master. That's a real job title I have. Uh, so yeah, I do that on Mondays at Prohibition and Wednesdays at Comrade Brewing Company in Southeast Denver. Both mm-hmm. of them start at seven o'clock each. And then you are part of an improv rap group? Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, <laughs> naturally, uh, as you can tell with how well I improv rapped at the start of the, <laughs> my alternate history. I mean, I think you just said, yeah, I, th- yeah. I mean, I think that was it. It's when the beat starts, it just all comes out. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a part of this group called the Rapscallions, uh, who perform <laughs> on... the uh, most improv thing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's <laughs> Improv hip hop musical every Friday night at Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. And uh, yeah, it's the last people you would ever expect to see rapping all on stage, <laughs> freestyle rap battling about anything from uh, elephants to uh, ice cream sandwiches. Uh, we'll, we'll rap about literally anything. So it's a fun show. All right. <laughs> uh, Zach, you co-host Stage of Fools. Which, congratulations, just saw the Royals was renewed for a fourth season. I mean, congratulations is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mazel tov. Mm. Then. Uh, yeah, uh, we're wrapping up the third season. We have, uh, at the time this comes out, probably two more episodes that will come out. The coverage of the finale and then our season wrap-up. And then we'll be on hiatus again until season four. So get get it while it's hot. I guess. All right. (laughs) Um, As for me, the next episode of Nighttime Tonight uh, is March 16th over at the Deer Pile at 9 p.m. Adam, thank you for helping out with that. And Zach, thank you for all of your help with that. And by the way, listeners, if you are listening right now, that means you stuck with us through the schedule shift because of Nighttime Tonight. And I thank you for that. And after that, I will be on the funny Final Four uh, at Comedy Works April 7th. Uh, so come check that out yeah but i think that'll do it for this episode adam thank you for being here yeah thanks for having me it's a lot of fun all right zach thank you as always Mm -hmm. and for everyone here at the revisionist i'm brian flynn i'm zach powers have a good time yeah